Welcome to the Stillhouse podcast, the show where we celebrate all things dark spirits. Whiskey, rum and cognac are sometimes misunderstood as drinks that can only be enjoyed by certain people on certain occasions, but this couldn't be further from the truth. So in this podcast, I'm delighted to meet some of the greatest minds in the world of spirits and cocktails to celebrate the magic of whiskey, rum and cognac. It doesn't matter if you're a complete beginner or a connoisseur. If you're interested in dark spirits, this show is for you. This is The Stillhouse Podcast, made in partnership with Edrington UK and me, Becky Paskin. Last week on The Stillhouse Podcast, I was joined by Sam Wilson of Amethyst Drinks and Michael Bonsor of The Rosewood to discuss gift experiences. Our conversation was packed with tips and ideas for dark spirits gift experiences for all budgets, from intimate tastings through to Highland Castle getaways. We also discussed why experiences make the perfect gift if you're looking to move beyond the bottle and how you can give someone the perfect dark spirits experience at home. It was a great episode, so make sure you go back and listen. One of the biggest joys in life is seeing a loved one's face light up as you present them with the perfect gift. That can take any form and be any price, but usually the most memorable and cherished gifts are those that show someone has really taken the time to think about what we would love. Most likely all of us at some point have either given or received a bottle of booze, but one of the biggest stumbling blocks when picking out a dark spirit to give someone always comes back to the same thing. We don't know what they would like, and sometimes to make matters even worse, they don't even know. So in today's episode, we're going to help you find the right gift, handpicked by you, that can be a treasured memory for you both. I'm excited to be joined on the show by someone who can really help us do this. Nick Larson-Bell is the senior spirits and beer buyer for Harvey Nichols and has a wealth of experience helping shoppers select gifts for their loved ones. In this episode, Nick explains why dark spirits make an extra special gift. He has some great tips for how you can find the right whiskey or dark spirit for a loved one and how you can personalise your gift to make it even more meaningful. But before that, let's find out a bit more about Nick. So I'm Nick Larson-Bell. I'm the buyer for Harvey Nichols and the retail buyer of the year. What does a retail buyer do? What exactly does your job entail? So my job involves choosing and selecting all the different beverage items that go into Harvey Nichols and our restaurants, like the Oxo Tower and the Fifth Floor Bar and things like that. So it's about curating a selection and buying the things that I like, really, and hoping other people do too. I'm going to come down to Harvey Nichols for a drink and definitely uh, sample some of your whiskies. Well, we're here today to talk about gifting and how important it is to find the right gift for someone very special. With this podcast, we talk about dark spirits in general, so whiskey, rum, cognac. Do these make great gifts and why? Why are people always looking for these kinds of bottles to give to a loved one on a special occasion? Well, for me, 100%, they make a great gift. And I think I say that as someone who likes to give them as gifts and someone who likes to receive them as gifts. You know, there's something about a bottle of whiskey or a bottle of rum that, you know, it takes time to make, it takes effort to make, and it's they've all got such illustrious, beautiful histories or they're exciting new products. They all have their own stories. Yeah, it's a fascinating and really indulgent gift, I find, for anyone. Well, there's a perception that maybe brown spirit has a higher price point, so therefore it's a more indulgent gift for somebody to purchase. Do you think that plays a party? I definitely do, Like, because people know that it's not always the case, but there's often a perception of some of the white spirits that they can just be made and sold within a day, you know. Once they're fermented, distillation, then bottled. Whereas with a whiskey, you see the age on it, you see the colour in it. And I think people even go so far as to see the darker liquids 
being more valuable than the slightly less dark liquids. So there really is that perception going on around it, even if it does inhibit some other things. Like we know mezcal, some of those agaves can take 15 years to grow, you know, just as long as it takes to age a nice whiskey. Mm. But for the average cons consumer, sorry, work lingo, for the average person, <laughs> that they might not realise that this effort goes into it and not understand why the price is so high. It's an interesting one. I'm pretty sure you've been bought a bottle of whiskey or, or a nice bottle of cognac in your time but I always get asked what's what's your favorite whiskey what's the what's the best whiskey you've ever tried you know what's your favorite and I'll always say my favorite's the one you're buying me yeah. because I can't pinpoint a favorite whiskey but it's always the one you're buying me I would always enjoy and love a gift it doesn't matter what it is it can be a blend it could be a single malt it could be a beautiful rum like anything I'd be really Completely appreciate agree. it because those it's those thoughtful personalized gifts that really hit differently yeah absolutely you know if the person you're buying the gift for has a favorite distillery and you know that there's a limited edition version of that just buying that shows that you're thinking about the person that you're buying the gift for but you're also not just going for the easy route you've actually done some exploration and you've done some thinking and it really makes it more of a bespoke gift for them and I think it's a really good way to go. Mm. If you're purchasing a gift and you say you don't know their favourite distillery or what kind of whiskey they've had before, you just, you know they like whiskey. Mm -hmm. Say you're buying somebody uh, uh, someone's partner a 30th birthday present or a 40th birthday present and you know they enjoy rum or whiskey mm -hmm. but you don't know anything about what exactly they like and you don't know anything about the category either it can be really confusing category to navigate. Absolutely. Why should should you still maybe purchase a bottle of a whiskey or rum without knowing anything over something like a bottle of champagne or a fragrance or something like that? For me, like champagne is a, it's always a good present, right? It, but it's quite a universal gift. You can buy it for any occasion, but it's quite an easy go-to gift. Of course, I'm sure there's lots of you know people who are talking about champagne saying, you know, you can spend months trying to find the perfect one for those people as well. But for me, if you know that they're a rum fan or you know that they're a whiskey fan or an aged tequila fan, you know, any dark spirit, then you can find, if you go to the right place, you can find the people who know what they're talking about and know which whiskies or which rums are kind of universally acceptable ones. They might not be people's absolute favourites, but they're always just solid and get the job done. They're really lovely whiskey and kind of liked across the board. I mean, there are crowd pleasers, yeah. aren't there? There are crowd pleaser bottles. And I mean, I know whenever I'm asked to conduct a tasting or to recommend something for somebody, I've got my own sort of bank of go-to crowd yeah. pleasers that I'll recommend because I'm certain to have someone come back and go, good choice, that went down really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what you want. You want people to be happy with, with the drink that you recommend. But let's say I don't know anything about booze at all. I've got absolutely no idea what I'm doing, but it's my friend's birthday coming up. I know they really enjoy whiskey. Yeah. What do I do? Where do I start even thinking about purchasing a product for them? I mean, the first thing is talk to your friend, I guess, if you can get any clue from that. <laughs> Check their Instagram, see if they posted anything. You <laughs> All know. sly. Yeah. <laughs> but then, yeah, as I said, talk to the experts. Like So much of it can just be a case of you want to find them something that's rare you know you want to find mm. them something that's limited edition something that you're not always going to find maybe in the supermarkets and things like that so that's why i think as a gift it can show real sort of inspiration to go and get something like that you know if mm. you go the new distilleries going for something like that where it's got a limited bottling and you know the flavor profile is just delicious and nothing overly peated or overly sherried you know just a really well balanced whiskey it can show amazing sort of foresight into buying those kind of things because mm. it's getting there early as well it's showing some kind of thoughtfulness yes, as well isn't 100%. it it's when you put 
effort and thought into a gift for somebody it really makes that person feel special yeah which is ultimately what you want to do when you're buying a gift for somebody is really think about it and make them feel special one of the things i try to do because i get i don't know about you but i get asked all the time i'm buying a whiskey for my friend for my partner but i don't know anything about it please can you recommend something and they come to me with no information yeah all the time <laughs> they had a whiskey once i can't remember what it's called glenn something yeah and that's the typical thing i'm asked so with nothing to go on the way that I tend to approach recommending a product is, well, what have they had before? They can't remember. Yep. Okay. What's their favorite dessert? Oh, that's and a good then, one. <laughs> yeah. And then you find you can find out, well, they really like apple pie. Okay. So I know that they really like uh, orchard fruit flavors probably in their whiskey. Uh, if they say something like chocolate cake or chocolate fudge cake, okay, big chocolatey flavors, and I'll go for something that has that kind of style to it. Whatever dessert they come out with, you can then pinpoint which kind of flavors they enjoy and direct them more towards a whiskey. I don't know if it always works, but theoretically. Because <laughs> I guess if you know the different flavor profiles that they approach in regular life outside of spirits life then yeah you can definitely try and pinpoint some bits and try and do some crossover there yeah that's a great way to go back. so would you recommend if someone was to come into harvey nichols and, and speak to one of your customer service assistants and say i really want a rum or a whiskey or a cognac for my favorite person in the world's birthday would you recommend they come armed with some information any about information what like, like anything it, it sometimes it can feel like you know they can be sort of small points and things like that but it's trying to make it sound like you're a forensic detective here <laughs> Like, but yeah, any little bit of information when you're trying to buy something can, can definitely help. You know, even if you're buying a rum and you, you say that they're a massive fondness for going to Jamaica, then that, that can just make that gift a little bit more bespoke, a little bit more personalised than maybe it would have been otherwise. I was going to ask you about provenance because where a drink is from, a whiskey or a rum, often is kind of crucial to whether a person really enjoys receiving that gift because maybe they've been to a distillery or they've been to the region and they've had an emotional attachment to that place yeah. already so giving them something which is almost a reminder of where they've been can be really lovely yeah anything that can bring back memories as well is that again you're really getting into the heart of what it means to give a gift to someone and that is some sort of you know you want it to be a personal attachment as well to that presence so yeah mm. that's the provenance is incredibly important we're speaking limited editions as yep. well because obviously a lot of distilleries will have their own distillery editions and yep. one really nice way of maybe thinking ahead is if you were to visit a particular distillery sneakily maybe purchasing a distillery edition that that person couldn't you can't buy it online you can't buy it in any other way only if you're at the distillery that's a great one and a lot of them will actually help you with that where they can actually post it to you and everything like that when you're there so that you don't have to be surreptitiously hiding a big bottle of whiskey in your bag <laughs> or trying to get it through you know suddenly having to check luggage instead of just using a carry-on you know so that's a, a great way to do something especially if you're visiting a distillery with a friend i mean things like distillery editions limited editions these are also gifts that the recipient's never going to be able to purchase it yep. themselves because the likelihood is that by the time they've received it it's probably sold out yeah anything any bottle with a number on it i think is brilliant to receive you'll never be able to get that number again and even if it's something that has a repeat at like limited edition so every year they do a different version they do an autumn version every year or something like that you know that next year's autumn is going to be different because it's a different grain or grape or whatever they've picked up it's a one-off to a certain extent for that person yeah it's a really lovely personal gift a if it's from a distillery that i absolutely adore and then b if you've really had the foresight to buy something that you know they're never going yeah. to be able to pick up themselves particularly dark spirits are meant to be open and enjoyed amongst friends or on your own but people do collect 
Whiskey. People do collect. Not just whiskey, sorry, rum, cognac, all sorts of things. Oh, yeah. The amount of collectors out there is bigger than it's ever been. Whether people are doing it for their own sort of personal home portfolio or home bar, or if people are collecting it as an investment piece as well, which is happening more and more too. Buying a dark spirit as a personal gift doesn't actually have to break the bank. We're talking here about limited editions, collectible yep. items, uh, distillery editions, things that you may not be able to get on the high street. That doesn't always have to be the case. You can get a really lovely gift for somebody really think about it mm-hmm. personalize it without actually spending loads and loads of money absolutely like as you said whiskey is one of those categories where things can go from 20 pound a bottle for a single all the way up to one and a half million you know it's a broad spectrum of different <laughs> pricing and things like that and obviously the higher you go the rarer things get but you can pick up some amazing things at the regular entry level price for me one of the things i was doing recently is getting single casks and bottling them in 20 cl bottles so that people can actually pick things up which are unique but not as expensive as a full-size one but you still 20 sales enough to really get to grips with a liquid as well that's a really good idea actually buying a spirit which is in a smaller bottle you can get something that's unique different yep. they're, again they're probably not going to try again particularly if it's a single cask yeah and just have it in a small bottle yeah you're not going to break the bank it's still personal and different that's a really good idea. Yeah, the one I most recently did was from a distillery that doesn't even exist anymore. So it's really bespoke, really rare and just something people won't be able to find again. Wow, I love it. Well, the other thing as well that people can do, and do you offer at Harvey Nichols a bespoke engraving service? We do at times of the year. Usually you'll find when it gets to the big gifting seasons for us, especially for the dark spirits, which will be, you know, Christmas is the biggest one and then a few sort of dotted around the year as well. Although at this podcast, we really enjoy around the year enjoyment of dark spirits responsibly. In terms of the amount of gifting bought, we do it's definitely always, find there's more gifting bought around Christmas. And that's usually when we'll get an engraver in the store who'll be able to sort of either engrave straight onto the bottle you know and put someone's name or put something like that or a message on it but then other people will do different things you might have like leather hip flask or leather coated hip flasks which they can then imprint a name or a message again on it or just initialize different bits and pieces so there's always that extra bit that you can offer someone that really can make the gift feel you know a little bit more special and if you can get to the point where that person is going to finish the drink over the course of however many years, you know, and then uh, keep the bottle. That's a win-win. You know, it's uh, that thing where that's how you can tell you've got a really good one if someone keeps the bottle afterwards, I always oh, thought. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, you, I mean, using that bottle as well afterwards for like a DIY blend, like mm-hmm. really utilise it. A lot of people use them as vases yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. They work really nicely. The, the Glen Rothers bottle, I think, would make a beautiful vase. Oh, completely agree. And I think we're trying to push the boat out a bit further with some of the sort of bespoke bits we're doing. We've actually had like install painters as well, where they will actually paint the bottle for you there and then, which is, you know, these could be some amazing bits and really, really craft work, you know. Do you know what? This is making me think I need to do better (laughs) when I'm buying presents for people. Nick, have you got any recommendations for any online resources or websites where people can go and learn more about how to pick the perfect dark spirits gift for someone? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I'm I'm always going to have to mention our website, which is harveynichols.com. You know, that's got things that I've selected and I'm pretty happy with the bits and pieces that we've got on there. So if you want something that's going to be, you know, good liquid, regardless of anything, yeah, go to our website. You're always going to have some of the bigger online retailers like Whiskey Exchange and Master of Malt, which are like absolutely incredible websites with an incredible range of products, but you will have to scroll through and find the different bits and pieces on there. But like just looking up different whiskey sites and whiskey shops and just going through them can be a whole day's just fun just going through them all. 
I think an important point we're trying to get across here is that it's not whether the information is out there. The question is, how do you find it? This is a massive category. And for people who aren't very experienced or knowledgeable about dark spirits, it can be a bit overwhelming. But as Nick says here, it is so rewarding to learn about a subject as fascinating as dark spirits. And it's even more rewarding when you use that research to bring joy to someone special. Of course, though, if you're in doubt, you can always pop into your local spirit specialist and ask for some advice. This is just a quick reminder, you're listening to The Still House podcast, made in partnership with Edrington UK and me, Becky Paskin. Coming up on the podcast, Nick explains how you can identify the perfect dark spirit for someone based on what desserts they like. And he tells me the best dark spirit gift he's ever received. But first, I want to ask Nick, if a customer approached him on the shop floor wanting to find the right bottle for a loved one, what would he ask them so they could find the perfect gift? Let's do a bit of role play, Nick. I've walked into your store and I don't know anything about drinks, but I really want to buy a present for yep. a very special person in my life. I don't know what I'm doing. I come up to you. I find you on the shop floor. Please, can you help me? What questions are you going to ask me? What do you need to know? There's a few bits and pieces that would be good if you could get them answered sort of beforehand. And the first thing you'd want to do, I guess, is find out what category they're a fan of. If someone just wants a drink, it's really hard to pinpoint something down. Whereas if you know that they like dark spirits or they like Armagnac or brandy. And once you get sort of into that area, I know it's going to sound crass, but it can be useful to know roughly what the person wants to spend on it because you've got thousands and thousands of items in the store. And it isn't because people are judging you that they ask you this. It's just because they want to know where to direct you to the best thing. You know, if you say you want to spend between 40 and 60, a good salesperson will hopefully not just leap to finding something at 60, 65 pounds and actually take time to listen to what you're asking. Once you've got there, if you know any distilleries that they've been a fan of before, so if they come in and they know that you're a fan of X distillery, they may be able to find that a limited edition version of that one or something a little bit special version of that one. If none of these ones have worked so far, you're right, we spoke about it earlier, but like having food, knowing what kind of desserts or food in general that they're big fans of, or even like what cocktails or wine that they like, because you can extrapolate information from all sorts of different bits and pieces to try and build a picture of the kind of gift that someone would want. So those would be sort of the key bits I'd say. If you can get any of that knowledge before you go into the store, brilliant. If you can't, we'll still try and do our best to work around you because of course we always want you to leave happy. Mm. Even maybe if they've been to any particular distilleries or countries or regions in the past oh, as well. Yes, that makes help. it even easier. Like if there's a distillery that they've been to and they're a big fan of, yeah, absolutely. That, that's great. And especially when you're looking at sort of different Caribbean islands and things like that, that they may have visited, that can be perfect to choose a gift because you're bringing it back to experiences instead of just flavour as well. Exactly. And as we know, Dark Spirit really has the ability to transport you back to a place where you've maybe had it before. Yeah. If you've visited a distillery, say you've been to Bemore or Nyla, you've had a taste of the whiskey there. Many years later, somebody presents you with a really special bottle, say a, I don't know, a Bemore Aston Martin edition, which in itself is really beautiful, limited edition, delicious liquid. One sip of that will take you straight back to the yeah, end. Yeah, what they say is like in terms of sort of sensory perception, like smell and I guess to a large part, sort of taste can really, they, they hold memories for so long. Being able to give someone a gift and especially something like a dark spirit, which has got usually such prevalent smells and taste to it can yeah definitely bring people back to different times and to old experiences and things like that Nick while you're here I think we should play a bit of a game always up for a game excellent 
I'm going to shout out some dessert options or even other drink options. And I would love for you to recommend some dark spirits that would be great gifts for people who like those particular flavours, those dessert flavours. I'll see what I can do. Fantastic. Nick, our first dessert on the menu is apple crumble. What would you recommend if well, I preferred apple crumble? For me, it, I know I'd be going too apple but I'd like an aged Calvados where they get, you know, 15 years or so when they start to turn that caramelly so it doesn't become over-fruited when you hit it, but they do sort of pair up well. Like you often see people having a tartatan with a Calvados on the side, so principle's mm, the same. That sounds delicious. It is delicious, I must say. I've had it before because it would have the obviously the apple notes there calvados being made from apples yes the caramelization from the maturation the vanilla as well okay so what about a really rich chocolatey cake like a, a black forest gato you're gonna want to go for something that's big and rich and might have those chocolatey notes alongside it as well so if someone were to their favorite dessert was black forest gato i'd say you know a big heavily sherried sort of maybe a space side whiskey is what i'd go for mm, delicious yeah yeah. Sounds nice. Yeah. Lovely fruit notes and then some chocolatiness in there as well. Big and rich. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's really going to suit the palate. Right. Well, this is one of my all time favourite desserts. Sticky toffee pudding. For me, if someone liked a sticky toffee pudding, then I would go for, you know, a good medium aged rum. Something that's going to have that lovely sweetness, the, you know, a bit of the sort of toffee notes and everything coming through on that as well. You know, so maybe just a nice Jamaican rum, you know, not too high on the esters, nice and gentle. Yeah, that'd be my go to. Delicious. What would you recommend for somebody whose favourite sweet treat was a mince pie? A good VSOP cognac or something like mm. that. That's going to have that richness again and it's going to have that gentle sort of winter spice. You'll get notes of cinnamon, nutmeg. For certain VSOP cognacs, you'll get this. But yeah, I'd definitely say that would be something that would match up well. Mm. And you obviously, you, I mean, you still get that lovely dried fruit aspect, uh, the sultanas, a bit of a candy orange in there as yes. well. Yes. Oh, delicious. delicious. <laughs> Yummy. So, what about, say, drinks that they might oh. enjoy, like other cocktails or other, yeah. other drinks categories? So if someone were to come to you and say, well, I don't really know what to get them, but I know they like Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand. Yeah, so I guess there's different ways that you can sort of take that. You can either go for, if, if it is a Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand, you can sit there and go, okay, it's got cut grass, it's got gooseberry notes and things like that coming through, it's got high acidity. Do you try and find something to match that, you know, as a stepping stone potentially towards dark spirits in the future? So going for a light whiskey, maybe a sort of a Highland, younger age whiskey and things like that. Or do you go for something in between what you think it's going to be? So you could go for something like a Blanche Armagnac, where you're actually stepping them towards what's going to be a final sort of tasting of a, a full aged Armagnac, but it's a, an intermediary step. Mm. I like those suggestions. Really nice. For me, maybe it would really be harnessing some of the stone fruit and the minerality in the Sauvignon Blanc, as you say, and then moving towards probably go for, you know, a lightly aged Speyside mm. malt. Um, actually, the Glenrothes is, is really lovely in that respect. So that could be quite nice. And let's talk beer. Yep. Because, you know, a lot of people are beer drinkers. Stout. You might expect me to go straight down sort of the whiskey route for this, but I actually think an aged rum on the side, mm. absolutely delicious. Because when you get a stronger stout or a porter, then it does start to generate its own sweetness because of the high ABV and things like that. So having a little rum on the side really matches up beautifully. Mm. But for those kind of things, again, you can always look to see what barrels the actual beer might be aged in because then you can pair those things up as well. Mm. I was also going to ask actually about red wine because a lot of people obviously are red wine drinkers and there is a huge trend, particularly in scotch, to mature or yep. finish yeah, whiskies yeah. in red wine casks. Would you naturally recommend a red wine finish to somebody who enjoys 
red wine. Well, you'd think so, because if you've got, say, a whiskey that's aged in a Shiraz cask or things like that, then you are going to get reflective notes of that. Same if, if something's aged in a port cask. You get those sort of those red berries, red fruits and things like that coming through. So it should match up if they like that sort of flavour profile. It's not always going to be the case, of course, because sometimes, again, if we talked about the heavily peated ones, if someone's a big fan of heavily peated whiskies, then they'll enjoy a heavily peated whiskey aged in a red wine cask but if they're not then it might be too far out of the comfort zone so you can always try and go for just lighter style whiskies as an introductory note to move them across that mm. are aged in red wine mm. casks I think ultimately as well there's a question here about confidence yeah. as the buyer as the giftee because you want to buy something that the other person is going to really enjoy that's the ultimate goal that is the it? ultimate the goal. ultimate goal is they're going to open it really enjoy it and feel really special because you've yeah. given a lot of thought to buying something lovely for them but if they don't enjoy it despite the all oh, of the, the help worst. Of, you're making me cringe just the by saying it the Harvey Nichols team <laughs> Nick's done his best work he's asked you about desserts he's asked you about drinks he, you've got all the answers and your recipient opens it at home tasting it's like not my cup of tea it's lovely thanks (laughs) that's the worst fear isn't it as a giftee as a buyer you don't want the person to dislike it but ultimately I don't think they're not going to drink that even if they're like do you know it's not my favourite Yeah, I still think it's opening their horizons it's expanding their palate and they've got more experience of maybe trying something a bit different that they hadn't thought of before I mean if it's a journey for them a taste sort of journey across their life then actually sometimes finding things that you're not the biggest fan of can be important as well because you know if you keep on finding things that you like then you don't get to learn quite as much as if you Mm. find something that's okay that's not my cup of tea I need to move away from that style of things it can help gifting in the future I guess you know you'll know to stay away from that style and of course if someone receives something like that that they're not the biggest fan of it doesn't mean that guests of theirs might enjoy it you know your mate might come around and it might be his absolute dream dram so you know you can there's always bits and pieces that can be exactly. done. Exactly. And on the flip side as well, you don't always need to be, this goes against everything we've been talking about, <laughs> but <laughs> why don't you throw a wild card in there and go completely different, the opposite end of the spectrum yeah. to what they have traditionally been drinking in the past. So if they are sticking with scotch and all they ever do is drink scotch, why not buy them? a really lovely rum or a cognac or go completely in the opposite direction and if they love their peated whiskey buy them something that's unpeated or from a different country even and I think like a good shop assistant that you know when you go to them should be able to recommend that if you come in and he normally drinks whiskey but you want to try and get him onto rum because maybe you're a massive rum fan and aficionado Mm. then it's like what rum to direct them to and there's always going to be bits and pieces that are good crossover products Mm. you know things that if you're getting into this try this Mm. and that should be able to be recommended of course I suppose the other question they can ask and tell me if I'm wrong here is what are people buying and really enjoying at the moment what are other people buying and what are the trends what are the distilleries that are producing really exciting stuff at the moment absolutely because people always want to be ahead of the curve when it comes to those things so when you are a more agile buyer like I think I am then you should be able to get these bits and pieces in before they get sort of to the mass market so when people come in and be like what's cool what's coming up then we should be able to answer them that and it's nice receiving something that is new Mm. you know that not too many will have had the chance to try yet it's really good no it's that I mean it's that chance like opening up your wrapping paper or pulling it out of a bag and oh my goodness I've heard so much about this but I've never tried it before yeah, that's yeah. a great reaction to have it's like oh I'm really excited to try this yeah. and that's the feeling that you want them to have isn't exactly. it when you're giving a present I've never tried this before if you can see the excitement on them when you give them a gift it's perfect yeah. right <laughs> that's yeah. exactly what you want exactly
Now, we have a bit of a closing tradition here at the Stillhouse podcast. And before you go, I'd like to know what's your favourite dark spirit of choice and then what's your preferred way of drinking it? So I'm a Scotch man. Like I always have been, I always will be, I hope. I do enjoy rums now a lot more than I used to, like trying some more craft bits and pieces, but I always fall back to Scotch. For me, it's typically drunk neat. Yeah, nice and simple, right? <laughs> <laughs> you are not a complicated guy. <laughs> no, no, it's like I, I always find when I'm working and tasting, it's always a Glencairn that I drink it from, you know, to get all the notes and everything like that. Whereas at home, I'll drink it from a good classic tumbler and really sort of take my time and sit down and relax with it. I do exactly the same at home. It's a heavy bottom tumbler. Oh, yeah. I kick back. World is outside. I'm just sat and enjoying myself in my own little space. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And last question, an add-on question, bonus round, is what's the best gift you've ever been given? Oh, my. <laughs> We're talking about <laughs> gifting, right? It doesn't have to be dark spirits, anything. What's I, the best gift you've ever had? Well, I'll, I'll stick with the dark spirits thing. Is One of my favourite ones I received was I went to a tasting and a dinner with a certain drinks company. And afterwards, they actually took a photo of the day and then painted the photograph with all of us at the dinner on it. So, And then they put it on a bottle and sent us a bottle of old Irish whiskey, all with our faces painted on a bottle. And that was just like, that's with a keeper. With your faces painted on the bottle? I, and our bodies. Okay, <laughs> just floating heads. Yeah, exactly, sat around a table. Like It was really, really oh, sweet. That's They're, lovely. Yeah, it was amazing. Very nice. Nick Larson-Bell, it's been really lovely to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for coming in. Oh, I've had a great time. Thanks so much. <laughs> that's the end of today's show. I really enjoyed that conversation and I'm already making plans for what some of my family and friends will be getting for their birthdays this year. Ultimately though, there are so many ways you can turn a bottle of whiskey, rum or cognac into a really special gift. You could engrave the bottle with their name, seek out a hard to find limited edition or collector's item or even find a bottle that reminds them of an experience you share. My biggest takeaway from today's show comes back to what we were talking about at the beginning. The best gifts for me at least, have always been considered and thoughtful. So spend some time thinking about them. Do your research and don't be afraid to go in store and ask for some advice. If you do this and the dark spirit is handpicked by you, no doubt you'll make your recipient very happy. Thank you so much to Nick Larson-Bell for coming on the podcast. You can browse Harvey Nichols' premium range of dark spirits online and find your perfect gift at harveynichols.com. Thank you all for joining us in the Stillhouse today. Join us next week on the Stillhouse podcast when I meet drinks journalist and author Alice Lassels and Chris Tanner of Silverleaf to explore the world of dark spirits and what's on the pulse. In this episode, we discuss whiskey's aspirational qualities and how it can make perfect cocktails for high tempo occasions. Plus, Chris and Alice reveal their top tips for making at-home cocktail experimentation easy and we predict which dark spirits drink will be the next viral sensation. It's a great show, so we'll see you there. Just a few quick notes before we go. Make sure to follow the show so you get automatically notified about new episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow the show on Instagram at The Stillhouse Podcast. If you would like to learn more about me, you can follow me on Instagram at Becky Paskin or at Our Whiskey. Data and knowledge shared in this podcast is built on insight from Edrington UK's 2025 Category Vision, a framework based on exclusive consumer research brought to you by the UK's leading dark spirits experts. This podcast is produced by Edrington UK in partnership with One Fine Play. The Edrington UK team has been led by Fiona Alder with a project team of Catherine Barossa, DK Chung and Becca Flynn. 
From One Fine Play, James Bishop is the executive producer. Kajra Ferozia is the editor and producer. Connor Foley is the producer and researcher. Selena Christofides is the graphic designer. I've been your host, Becky Paskin, and this has been The Stillhouse Podcast. For more information on responsible drinking, please visit drinkaware.co.uk.